welcome to Conversations with Crystal. I'm your hostess, Crystal. Thank you for joining me and thank you for continuing to support this podcast. This evening, I have a wonderful guest for you. They call her Big Mama and she has the voice of an angel that has the key to the liquor cabinet. Her name is Fran Little. Hi, Fran. How are you today? Hi, Crystal. I'm great. Thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. I'm really, really grateful to be here. Oh, thank you. Look, the pleasure's all mine, honestly. Uh, I've been admirer of yours for some time. I met you many years ago at one of the jams and I thought, my goodness, listen to this lady. She has some lungs on her. Oh, yeah. Big chest, big lungs. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought... You know, and we had a little conversation. I think at that time you were about to head off to America. So that was quite some time ago. Yeah, um, that was was pre-COVID. So it feels like two different worlds. Absolutely. uh, The pre-COVID world and the post-COVID world. And I remember meeting you because you're extremely spiritual and lovely and you came up to talk to me and I just, I remember meeting you then and just having that really wonderful connection, which was lovely. Um, And getting, and I think that you were at the beginning also of your sort of singing journey as well in public and it was just a lovely meeting. Yeah, it was. It really, really was. Now, tell me about you were going to America at that time. So were you going there to sing or was it for a holiday? I don't remember. Well, look, it's always a little bit of both. Um, I've been going to New Orleans now since um, since 2008 or 2009 was my first trip and I I try to go every year because, um, well, New Orleans is the greatest city in the world, in my opinion. And it's given me awesome opportunities to meet amazing musicians. Now, I don't work while I'm over there because I'm um, touristing and visiting with family, but I do get to, you know, collaborate and sing with people. And, uh, you know, and I've met so many amazing musicians while I've got to travel through there um, and travel through uh, the Delta, Mississippi, up to Memphis and I've met some amazing bands and amazing musicians that I've connected with over the years yeah. who I still keep connections with and that I do get to travel with. So my next trip to America, which is coming up next year, is hopefully one where I will actually be touring. Oh, um, wow. So uh, I've made lots of connections with great venues and, and great musicians that that opportunity is co- is coming to fruition, I hope. Oh, um, congratulations it's just getting the visa first. Yeah, yeah. You'll be fine, I think, you know. You've been there before, so they'll be able to see that. And uh, how exciting is that? It's really exciting. Um, I feel like I might be coming out of it a little too late, but better late than never, I think. (laughs) I don't know about that. I think there's always room to uh, expand and for new, to do new journeys, you know, so... I don't think I you're coming at it. I don't think you're coming at it too late at all. No. Oh, probably I, I, not quick enough. Not. Yeah. <laughs> is what I would say. You know, yeah. it's uh, for me. I like things to happen at a at a fairly rapid, consistent pace, and I don't like waiting around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and um, trying to navigate the visa process for America is a lot of waiting around. So um, yes, I've heard that. There's a bit of that. So it's. Um, and I, I don't want to be prepared and I don't want to be going there without having my visas right. <laughs> no, without everything being like top-notch, yeah, I agree. Top-notch. Yeah, that's good. So, Fran, what are, what are you doing at the moment? 
Um, I have two projects at the moment. Uh, so I was, uh, for the last six years, um, I had a band called Big Mama and The Hanged Men. Yes. But um, I wanted to diversify that a little bit more. Uh, and I had invited Ali Penny to be one of our regular players. Um, so we had to change our name because Ali Penny is not a hanged man. No. <laughs> so um, we have this within my family. I'm one of many sisters and a brother mm-hmm. um, and nieces and nephews. We have anytime we hear something interesting that could be a band name, we have a list. Cool. Um, so I asked the family for the list. And now we've changed our name to Big Mama and the Charm Offensive. Yeah, that's right. I love that name. I love that it's, name. Um, I always say it's because they're all very charming and I'm quite offensive. <laughs> um, you are not. But I can be. <laughs> <laughs> I can be. Um, but the, so that's um, that's our original stance we're writing. Big Mama and the Hanged Men are an awesome band and they're awesome players um, with – uh, Serge Canigliano on bass, Ed Rodriguez on drums and George Regardos on guitar. Mm-hmm. But we were much more of a blues cover band. And with the Charm Offensive, we've moved more into the original space. So we're writing a lot more music and I'm writing a lot more. And I think that my writing is getting a little bit more sophisticated um, and I'm able to write better. I don't sound like the um, the sixth grade lovelorn um, poet that I used to sound like. Um <laughs> You know those songs that you yeah. see, those songs in six hours, like, why did he leave me? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think that it's getting a lot more sophisticated now and I'm proud of the work that I'm that I'm putting into songwriting um, a whole lot more. Uh, so that gives me a great opportunity with this band is to have a more original band. And with um, Ali Penny joining us on Keys. piano and um, young bass player Aidan Glover is joining us on bass. Awesome. And He's um, he also brings vocals. Ali brings vocals, so we can be a more harmonies-based um, songs for for the uh, my originals. And I find that I write my originals. Whilst they're still blues, they're a lot heavier than um, normal blues. There's it's definitely a lot of uh, my Western suburbs rock upbringing <laughs> in my songwriting. Okay. Um, and so they sort of lean towards blues versus Black Sabbath. Right. Um, Very interesting. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's that helped me with that. Um, my other band that I have that we had a gig this week that was amazing uh-huh. is I actually have an all-female Cold Chisel tribute band. How cool is that? I say that. Is- the best. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, of course, you've got the gorgeous Christina Crofts on uh, guitar. Oh. And she plays these solos. I, we actually, we had a gig together on, um, we played on Saturday at the Piermont Bridge Hotel and there was this massive crowd. It was just the best time. And I said on the microphone, and it's the only time I've ever had to do this, is when you've got a female guitarist, is you have to tell your guitarist to turn up. Because I had to tell Christina to turn up. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, oh. she's so good. And yeah. but we're a big band of six people. Um, yeah. And Christina Crofts, like, we started, it was just a four-piece, and we were just doing um, piano, me, bass, um, and drums. So I had Bette Clark on drums, Catherine Golden on bass, and Courtney Severini on piano. Uh-huh. Uh, just phenomenal musicians that they are. But we really, we couldn't really find that missing piece of guitar. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden I just had this epiphany and I went, 
Christina Cross. Yeah. <laughs> what? And so I messaged her and I didn't think, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, she's not going to say yes. Like, it's Christina Cross. She's not going to say yes. And she said yes. And yeah. I'm like. Yeah. She's awesome. one of the best. Oh, I just absolutely she's adore so Christina. Yeah. And she's yep. a beautiful person. Yeah. Um, I mean, and the, the all-female dynamic is also wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then we added um, my cousin, Samantha Wong, on uh, saxophone. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it, we've got this amazing group because I've always got a cousin around anyway, but my cousin and I um, – when I say my cousin, she's married to my cousin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's your cousin. She, so she's yes. my cousin. Yes. But then when they're together, I go, this is my cousin, Patrick, and my cousin, Samantha. They're, they're not related. <laughs> but yeah. she's my cousin and a great yeah. love of mine as well. And with Courtney, Courtney doing all of our musical arrangements, um, she's a phenomenal piano player and singer. Um, and Catherine Golden with her perfect pitch, who can call out any note. And then, and I said this to Beck the other day, is that, Beck Clark is the perfect drummer for us in this band. She just is, she just keeps it driving and she nice. just, she's such a great drummer and such a great person. And we notice, like, it's just a really lovely thing to be around. And so is my other band. I only surround myself with really, really good people. Yeah, yeah. I think you have to, yeah. uh, where everybody's on the same page and there's no ego. Yep. You know, exactly. You, you absolutely have to because otherwise it's just going to fall apart. Um, you're exactly right. And I've gone to the days, I think, you know, when you're in your 20s, you'll forgive bad behaviour mm. for somebody that's talented. But I think that as you age, as I've aged definitely, that I would rather somebody maybe less talented who is a good person that fits in the mix. And I always think yep. that, and it's the same thing that I think, a good team is better than a superstar individual. Yeah, right. You're right. I think so, so too. Having a good team and a good mix is better than any superstar individual. Um, and it just, we all play our part and we all get an opportunity to shine. Good. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, let's all, let's make it, let's give our opportunities to the music yep. and make the music shine. Um, and, you know, we all bring something to the table, which is lovely. And it's both bands. So, that's always been. I really love beautiful. that attitude. I really love that attitude that it's you know for the music and not just for an individual. Yeah, and we're definitely uh, both the bands that I have. Um, whilst they're both completely different, uh, both have that sort of mantra. Um, and I have the very much uh, look the just absolute pleasure of having Ed Rodriguez as my drummer in the Charm Offensive, mm-hmm. and he's not just one of the best drummers I know. He's one of the best musicians I know. Oh, that's good. He's okay. just phenomenal and uh, and uh, my long-time collaborator and very close friend, George Regardos on guitar, yes. who is um, George. I always – I heard an interview once by Susan Tedeschi mm-hmm. and she was talking about when she met um, <laughs> Derek Trucks mm-hmm. and what it felt like for her and that's what it felt like um, musically when I met George. Yeah. It was – she said, I finally found a guitarist that could match my voice. Right. And that's yep. exactly how I feel when I play with George. Like I, I, I finally get to play with a guitarist who matches my his playing and the passion in his playing matches the passion and pain in my voice as well, which I really like. Oh, George is one of the most outstanding guitarists I think I've yep. ever heard, honestly. And bass players. Ridiculous <laughs> bass player he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. He can play anything. And I love... Um, George and I have always had the same mantra as we have our biggest joy 
is getting people to play with us mm. and particularly younger players to come and play with us and be sort of like the the university that they get to come up through through live performances. And George yeah. is one of those amazing guitarists. He loves to play rhythm guitar. Mm-hmm. He loves to be that backbone for somebody else to shine. And you don't find that very often. It's so rare. Absolutely. Um, and he's just a, such a gentleman with it. Like he's just – we did a, a festival gig down in Maria and there's this young guitarist called Ewan Lund who is just ridiculous and he yeah. will be famous. Yes. He sat in with us. And George is just let me go, give all the solos to you and I'm happy just to sit here and play rhythm. And I'm like, what a phenomenal human being. He's just the most humble fella, isn't he? Isn't he? He's just, yeah. and he runs that wonderful jam down at Miss Seeley's on a Thursday. That's right, it's yes. just lovely. He's just a beautiful community that we've, that he's created. Yes. Um, and that we all get to be a part of. Yeah. Now, with uh, your first band, you said you're doing blues covers. I never actually thought... Um, and I don't know why this is, it's so funny that uh, we all do the blues, right? But we, yeah. I've never considered doing the blues as doing covers. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, and I think a lot of people, because I think the way that we all do blues songs, we all interpret them really differently. differently. And there's yeah. only so many blues chords you can play in blues. <laughs> One, four, five. <laughs> yeah, there's only so much. So we all do it. We all add our different things. So, I mean, we're, and we're not tribute acts. Like, mm. we're, I mean, my cultures are tribute act. We play cultures as cultures will play their songs. Yeah, right. Except we're women and so it sounds different. Mm-hmm. But with the blues, we listen to it and we all, we interpret it, I suppose. Mm. Um, so we do play covers, but I don't think many people think of it as covers. And I suppose that was just a way to refer to the music that we were doing is that it's not mine. Yeah, yeah. There are quite a few songs I wish I wrote. <laughs> oh, definitely. There's so much. Blues I'd rather is just, go blind. <laughs> yeah, it's so underrated, I believe, you know, and I think, yeah. um, well, you know, we love the blues. What can you say? <laughs> I think it outranks everything, really. Oh, I, and it's the source of everything. It's the source of. Absolutely. Well, it's, just, it's it... the base of rock and roll. It's the base of rock and roll. It's the base of jazz. It's the base yeah. of all sorts of music. So it's it gives me such joy to play that but to also honour the people that played it before us so I think when we interpret it and we pay uh, homage to the people that wrote that music and the music is uh, the thing I love about blues is that it is really the story of pain and, and struggle yeah and struggle yeah but and, and we have to respect that I and mean, we have to respect where it comes from and respect the people that came before us with that which I really love. Totally. And I, I feel with blues as well, it feels like you're just outpouring your soul. Oh. You know? And I don't think you can I, – I don't think I could have sung or done blues any justice before I'd lived a life, I think. Yes. Yep, before you've had that pain and that trauma. Yeah. Absolutely correct. I, I think you cannot be a what well, you probably can, but in my opinion, you can't be a good blues interpreter if you haven't yeah. had some kind of tragedy or pain. The know, adversity just, is what brings it. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely just brings it out. So now the transition to your new band, The Charm Offensive, uh, where you're yeah. writing your own music. So have you got like three or four sets worth of original music. Uh, we've written. got one. We've got one strong set of original music. Nice. <laughs> um, so, 
yeah, look, I I think I suffered from, you know, earlier in my life from the self-sabotage of being telling myself that I couldn't do something. Okay. Um, yeah. So I was telling myself that when I was younger that I couldn't write songs, oh. that I wrote terrible songs, I couldn't write good lyrics and that – and I had to step, but then I had a few people that maybe didn't have my best interest at heart reinforce that. Oh, no. So. Um, I'm really sorry to hear that. But, you know, we all have that at some stage. Absolutely, we do. Uh, so I thought that I maybe couldn't do that. So it, it wasn't until I was in my 40s uh, until I started putting pen to paper and writing a song. And I, the first song I wrote was a song called Better Things. Uh-huh. Um, so my songs all have a little bit of comedy in them sometimes. Okay. Um, so I wrote this song about my ex uh, who had uh, rung me out of the blue a few years after we'd broken up saying, oh, I need something off your computer. Can you email it to me? And I said, yeah, no worries. Just give me your email address. He goes, oh, come on. You remember my email address. And I went, dude. I have better things to do, and those better things ain't you. Oh, dear. Yeah. So I wrote a song about that. So you wrote a song about it. Perfect fodder for a song, really. (laughs) And it's really good. And then I realised that I can write clever things. Yeah. And and look, and that was – that's one of the – we will be recording that song when we start recording next year. But that's – my songwriting is getting a lot more – it's getting better than that. So I'm getting – uh, much more interesting topics and uh, I'm much prouder of – I'm still proud of that song, but I'm really proud of the stuff that I've been writing uh, recently. And um, about, I don't know, two months ago I went away with a whole group of musicians. My cousin has a holiday house in Huskisson that we oh, lovely. set up. We set up a little um, band room downstairs and I took um, – so it was me and George – uh, Greg Noonan from Greg Noonan the General Jackson came mm-hmm. down. Steve Pager, Billy Barnett from Greg Noonan the General Jacksons, and uh, Alex Spango or Alex the drummer came down, and Sean Costello who's a keyboard and um, harmonica player, and mm-hmm. Ewan Lund. And it, we out of that weekend we wrote three really great songs. Oh, that's wonderful. So we, we called ourselves the Renegades. So I'm really proud of the songs that we wrote for that, and we'll be. Um, debuting those three songs this Saturday night at our gig, which I'm really excited for. Oh, that's fantastic. That's really good. So, and I think too, as a songwriter, you said you've seen your writing evolve. And I think part of that when you look at it is because you've had the tragedy, then you're starting to heal. Now you're healed even more and you're in a different headspace and yeah. a more productive headspace and one where I cannot imagine you letting anybody tell you you're not good enough. To me... Oh, not now. No. <laughs> Back no. then, yes. Not yeah. now. <laughs> no. I've just always seen you as the ultra-strong-minded woman who, you know, isn't going to listen to anybody, put anybody down, especially yourself. Well, and, the thing uh, is, is I wouldn't let anybody put anyone else down and I certainly would stand up for that. But I have, a, and I think most of us have that where we would stand up for others but not stand up as strongly for ourselves. Mm, mm. But I'll come to the party for myself now. Well, I applaud that. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really proud of you. And oh, I, it's Crystal. And Ita and the Choir Girls, isn't it? Ida and the Choir Girls, yes. Yeah. My sister Gabrielle came out with that name. I love it. Um, 
the reason that that band came about is because the Chisel Barnes show were advertising for a singer, and I am born and bred in the western suburbs of Sydney. Yep. So it, I grew up in the 70s and 80s in the western suburbs. So Cold Chisel is part of my DNA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just love them. And I, and I think that they're one of the best blues bands that Australia has ever, ever presented. And I, the only reason I think that they weren't successful internationally is that their music was so complex. Right. Um, it was. It's really complex music, and introducing that to, you know, these wonderful women that I'm playing with that are, I mean, Bar Christina and I. The rest of them aren't old enough to have been around when coaches were around. Oh right. So introducing <laughs> this music to um, this these con-trained musicians, mm-hmm. um, and they're going, oh, coaches or uh, and then they listen to it, and well, they never did that, of course, but you know. No. They think of Kaysen, but they don't think of these complex songs, like, and how beautifully written they are. Yes. And I remember Courtney coming back to me going, oh, my God, this music is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And it's hard and it's complex um, and beautifully written. Don Walker and uh, Ian Moss, Stephen Prescott, Jimmy Barnes and Phil Small are some of the best songwriters that Australia have produced, in my opinion, Cold Chisel. One of my favourite bands of all time. I will die on that hill forever. Um, <laughs> now, have you gone to see them live though? I have, and they were Yay. amazing. <laughs> Yay! So, would you say they're the the your favourite or the best band or live act you've ever seen? Oh no, no, no! no? I think I was very lucky um, a couple of weeks ago to see Living Colour live. Wow! Okay, and that was um that was just a soul lifting environment and also this year i've seen some amazing acts um i've seen uh the wooten brothers i got to see them and because my partner Stephen is good friends with the wooten brothers so Mm -hmm. we got to go that was an amazing thing and also they had frank sultana opening for them nice and he was epic yep and then uh, Victor Wooten gets and goes, I can't believe I had to come all the way to Australia to see a white man sing Mississippi Blues better than anyone else. Oh, and yeah. it was true. And it was just like these people were there and they were like these guys are musicians, musicians, and they were yep. all there to see them. But they just got into Frank as well. He was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, look, I reckon some of the best concerts I've ever seen, I, certainly Living Colour was definitely one of them. Tedeschi Trucks. Oh, I yes. Saw them at, yep. Before they were super duper famous, I got to see them up close and personal at the end more. Nice. Um, that was phenomenal. Um, Zach, uh, Zach Brown Band at Blues Fest. And also seeing the Doobie Brothers at Blues Fest. Oh, cool. Doobie Brothers, wow. Oh, amazing, amazing. And I saw the Doobie Brothers when they came out in the 90s when it was just the faux Doobie Brothers. It yeah, wasn't yeah, the yeah, real yeah. ones. Yeah. And that wasn't the best concert. But then seeing them there, um, Nikki Hill, another enormous performer that I've seen that I just really connected with for their concerts. But also I really love the live shows of the Sydney blue scene as well. Yes. Like there's just Karen Lee Andrews, watching her play is just a masterclass in excellence. Mm-hmm. And for the listeners, what does she play? So she plays blues um, and she plays oceanic blues. So you, you might remember her as Miss Murphy from um, The Voice. But yeah, okay, yeah. 
she was, um, Karen is her actual name, and she has a band with Adam Venturi and Yanya Boston, the Karen Lee Andrews band. And her voice, uh, it's just, it does things. <laughs> it does things. And, you know, with um, with Adam Ventura, who was also the bass player for Midnight Oil, and Yanya Boston, who plays drums for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, like, this band is so phenomenal. And her songwriting, she calls it Oceanic Blues because she's um, from Ireland, a descent. Uh, and it has this beautiful calmness to it but still using those blues chords and yeah right um but her her songs i find really peaceful and just but then she brings that you know she'll rip out this song with this amazing um voice she has got quite a low um a low voice Mm -hmm. and it's just it, it really grabs me i'm going to see her i saw her album launch this year and I think that that was I was in the front row and you can in all the videos you could just see my big head going yes <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah I just I think that's probably one of my favorite concerts this, uh you know a really long time because it's music I connect with yeah right um played by somebody I adore right well that's fantastic uh, going back to Ita and the choir girls now yes. what made you uh where did the concept come for it to be an oh. all-girl band? Okay, well, I was I, – I'd had I, – sorry, I get sidetracked very easily. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I, I have notes. <laughs> that is fantastic. Thank goodness for you. Um, I apply – I the Chisel Barnes show had advertised for somebody to replace their Jimmy Barnes, and I am literally the embodiment of that. Mm. I can hit the notes. I You wouldn't have to teach me a song – I could walk in there off the cuff and hit every single cold chisel song without the words in front of me because I know all of them. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I love them. And then they told me that I wouldn't take a woman. <gasps> oh, <laughs> mate. Red flag right there. Yeah, yeah. They said, I said, would you have a woman? And I went, they said no. <laughs> oh, I went, wow. well, here you go then. So I went, well, then I'm just going to. Do it and myself. So I was talking to my sister about it. And, she, and my sister's really good at naming things. Uh-huh. So um, I was talking to my sister about it. We are very close in age and um, we both um, – she was the one that bought the Cold Chisel albums home that I um, that I listened to and fell in love with. Uh-huh. And she um, she goes, you need to start your own band. And she goes, and you need to call it Ida and the Choir Girls. And I went, oh, my God, how could I let a name like that go? Uh, you couldn't. Absolutely could not. <laughs> and um, my, and I've been playing. I have a little sort of production music company, sort of that I that Courtney Severini and I have called the Honey Bogans, mm-hmm. where we do different <laughs> sorts of shows. Yeah, because we're both bogans. Um, I'm from the Western suburbs. She's from the the Dandenong Ranges in in Victoria. She's a bogan right. as well. Right. We're both bogans. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and um, so all of our shows are the Honey Bogans present. So it's the Honey Bogans present Ida and the Choir Girls yep. Um, yep. for the concept. And then the first gig that we did, what we found and what was really awesome is that all of the, you know, music for Australians and for Australian women in the 70s and 80s is quite gatekept by men, particularly that sort of music. So our room was really full of women who loved chisel but, you know, you could never be at the front row of that. And we just found that once we started that they were all singing it. So then we turned it into a sing-along concept mm-hmm. and it's just gone from strength to strength from there. We were really supported 
by another awesome woman, Carolyn Buckingham from Butcher's Brew. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She really supported us. She got us off the ground. She gave us the space. Um, and our show sold out. From the very first show we've done, they were also always sold out. Perfect. Um, because people just want to be a part of that A, nostalgia, mm-hmm. and B, in a really safe environment to listen to this music where you don't think you're going to get hit or hit on. Yes. Um, and you just can sit there and really enjoy it. Um, and from the gig we did last Saturday night, I start I started putting the words up on the big screen so people could sing along with the words there. I'm great not so idea. great at moving it along, but it's just really the concept is really good, and we're not just going to do it for Cold Chisel because my other favourite band was Queen, so we're going to do one for Queen called Fat Bottom Girls. That'll be uh, awesome! I cannot wait for that. No, it's going to be another good one, and because I have all of, I've got ADHD, so I have lots of ideas. Yeah. Um, and the other one that I was thinking of for that one is uh, a show called We're Number Twos because I was listening to um, the Choir Boys and I can't stand a song Run to Paradise. hate it. <laughs> okay. But their, their, second, their, yep. second best, their second most famous song I absolutely love called We're Never Going to Die, Never yes. Going to Die. Yep. It's such a great song and I went, what if we did a show where we did the second best songs of everybody? And, you know, you think of the second best song of um, Cold Chisel is Flame Trees. Yeah. The second best song of um, R.E.S.B. of uh, Toto is Rosanna. Like, yep. these songs are phenomenal. They are, uh, the, yes. The second best song from Queen is Somebody to Love. The second yep. most famous song. So all of these phenomenal songs. So we – all of these different concepts. We've got a Dolly Parton show that we're working up as well um, oh, as part of the Honey Bogan production because um, I, I don't like having spare time, it turns out. <laughs> no, neither do I apparently. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. I really love that. I um, know for a fact that you're going to be extremely successful with that with all of those concepts because you have the drive, you've got the ability, you've got the lungs. You know, oh, and, and um, a good sense of humour helps. <laughs> and it, it does, it does. It kind of leads me into the next question I have for you, which is how do you, how have you found it uh, coming into the music world as a female and now that you've had some time has lapsed, how are you finding being received as a female now doing more shows, being more successful as a female artist? That's a really good question. And also I started pretty late because um, I only really started singing in my 20s because before that I wanted to be an Australian netballer. Um, But I was neither good enough and I injured myself when I was 22. I broke my leg. Um, So I, you know, I, we were always, I've always been part of a musical family, but coming into doing gigs when I started singing more so in public in my 30s, have look there's been a lot of things that I've noticed that have gone against me um being a plus size woman has mm-hmm. made me work hard but some things work in my favor as well is that I'm very tall um I mean I'm not very tall I'm not ridiculously tall um, but I am tall and mm-hmm. I'm I'm tall and I'm broad and I've got a deep speaking voice and um thanks to my sisters I'm really quick-witted so that's really yeah. been pretty helpful yeah. so I've always stood by uh, my moral compass in situations mm-hmm. um, and that has helped me as well. So I have missed out on opportunities, absolutely, because a, um, 
I won't allow people to use me or use anybody that I'm around or anybody that I'm playing with. Excellent. And I have seen that do to particularly to women um, who sit higher, well, not higher, but who are more conventionally attractive, uh, that can work against you. Yep, yep. Um, because they, they, you know, all these great musicians that want to play with you, but they also try to want to sleep with you. And I haven't seen that happen to me. That hasn't happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I have missed out on opportunities where I've done really great things but because I am plus size that I'm stepped aside for that. But I, the funniest story is that I did apply for a job um, audition for a group when I was in my mid thirties mm-hmm. and um, I was definitely the best singer there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they asked if I would join the band and be the lead singer, but they wanted to stand me back next to the drummer and put the two backing, pretty backing singers at the front. Oh, no way, man. Yeah, that's that. I I went to an audition where that happened. Dead. I've never happened. heard anything so disgusting. That is horrendous. That is absolutely horrendous. And of course, I said no. And um, I would have said no with a lot of colourful language around that that we can't use on your podcast. But, <laughs> yes. Um, I'd have a few words to match that. I reckon. I'd have a few words to match that as well. But yeah, they wanted gee. the dancing, pretty dancing girls up the no. front, and the girl with the lungs up the back. And so I'm, yeah, we we don't stand for that. And no. certainly, I don't think that that would happen now. Right. So that was in the 2000s when that happened. So that was a while ago, yeah. early, early 2000s. Um, so I don't think that that would happen now. But yeah. I, um, would, if it I does, absolutely would hope not because. If it um, does, smash them. Oh, yeah, that's, that's words out <laughs> of my mouth, them. sweetie, words out of my mouth. Um, yeah, and I think having – and I, I didn't really – they didn't give me opportunity to prove myself as a front woman because – I think more so even than a singer, I'm, and I believe in my strengths as a front woman to a yep. band. Like I can hold a room. Mm-hmm. I know when to put in those dramatic pauses. I can tell a joke. I can do all of those sort of things. But mostly and most importantly, I think I'm authentic and I am always authentically myself. You are. I think you are too. You're just yourself. And there's, no, there's no put on with you. And no, then- and... I'll call it as I see it, and yep. but I can do it quite quickly because I'm one of four sisters, so yes. <laughs> I grew up in the brutal world. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Now, how do you how do you feel that the music scene has changed since COVID? Now, talking about COVID, Oof. I do know that you had on the lounge or on the seat. Oh, uh, songs from the big chair. That's the one. Songs from the big chair. I loved watching that. Um, so how do you feel like you did that, you know, for your own sanity as well, I'd imagine? Yeah, I, I did that so my musicians that were full-time musicians could earn some money. Yeah, and I, I feel as though as well um, that was a great idea, you know. It just And it was fun and people called in and we had watches from all over the world, which was so nice. Yeah. And I still get some messages from friends in New Orleans going, when are you doing that again? I'm like, well, no, we play live now. Um, <laughs> Don't have time. I think the change in the music industry happened even before COVID. Okay. I saw the decline in gigs that were coming around um, even before COVID happened. It was like lockout laws and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, right. Um, the Look, I think in some instances – 
I also have to say that I'm very lucky. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very lucky because I have I have so much privilege, Crystal. I have so much privilege to be um, – I have a full-time job that pays me well. Yep. And I have the opportunity to – I don't have insecurities of housing or food of any of those sort of things. Yeah. I have security that makes it easier for me to do these sort of things that doesn't necessarily happen for other musicians. True, yeah. Um, and that makes me extremely lucky. But um, and extremely privileged. But I have noticed, not that there's a lack of gigs, it's that, you know, when we first came out of COVID, people were wanting to pay us so much less and we already don't get paid that much. It, that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Um, we've moved on to a level with, I mean, because I have a tribute band, so tribute bands get paid Get a paid bit more, better. yes, they do, yeah. But also with Big Mama and the Charm Offensive, I've worked really hard for the last seven years so we're now in a bracket where we get paid when we do gigs I'm now only accepting gigs that pay us at the base of the musicians association we would say which is 200 to 250 dollars a gig yeah um I will not accept less than that yeah um because it's not worth it if we keep accepting those gigs people will keep paying us at that level that's right that's right and I know that they say that somebody will come along and take it and they will but they shouldn't um, they do, and I think that for maybe a band starting out or yeah. a solo or whatever starting out, they go, oh, that's pretty good money. Well, mate, no, it ain't Yeah, for a start. Well, it's not. And also they're not going to give you the sort of polished shows that we're going to give you. Mind you, no. the, the um, verbal diarrhoea that I pop out of my mouth, I don't know how I could possibly call that a polished show. but. <laughs> <laughs> But you're engaging and that's what yeah. people want. They want to be engaged my musicians, with. Yeah. My musicians are some of the best in Sydney. The people that I play with are some of the best um, that Sydney has to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get to sit out the front of them and um, scream into a microphone. like I'm yeah. How lucky. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I think that too, Fran. I, we had a gig on Saturday as well and I was just like looking out at all these people dancing and singing oh. and I'm just like... I'm just started glowing thinking you do this is, where would why would you want to be anywhere else and how yeah. lucky am I how lucky you know? am I well I mean and you bring but also like you've worked really hard like I remember yeah. um you starting out at the jams always an amazing singer but from where you were then to where you are now like it becomes like night and day, you've just your voice is just phenomenal. Oh, but it you. always was. But you. you know, you move on with your professional ability, your way to read the music, the way to you read your musicians, that all moves on. Um, so no wonder they were dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thank you very much. That's a high compliment coming from you. <laughs> really, it's uh, lovely. Look, you know lovely. I'm here for the women of Sydney. Yeah, you know what, and so am I. Let's yeah. you know, raise all all us female yeah. musicians and I are. find that the blues women do, you know? Yeah. I find that women in blues, I've never felt anything other than support from yes. other women in yep. our genre. Yeah. Never once other than, and every time, like I've always felt supported by, like I've got great mentors in Liza Allback. She's an amazing mentor for she me. She is, yeah. And I've got, um, you know, great friends in, 
you know, Zoe Kay and Michelle Vandermeer, Ali Penny, like these great players that we're all really nice to each other and we all support each other. Yeah. Um, Michelle Vandermeer, when I was um, a couple of years ago, I was quite sick and I had to cancel a few gigs. Michelle Vandermeer stepped in for me and did my gigs for me. Oh, wow. She, yeah. Because George played in her band so yes. they could cross, cross her songs and she would step up. I, if I had to call her at short notice, I'd just worded her up. Yep. And a couple of times I did. And she stepped in for me and just took it. And what a beautiful person to do that. She's a wonderful person. Yeah, she is. And I just find that way. But I think that we all, um, because it's such a small genre, that we all really support each other in that. I only ever want to see us succeed. And I always felt that with you. Yes. Um, And I always try to project that to be. And because I'm a big unit, I always try to be protective of that as well. So I won't let others step on the beauty that we have yeah oh that's that's great and continue to do it and you know I only wish that um and I'm sure in the other genres there's that kind of support as well but I haven't I I haven't seen it to the extent of the blues I would agree a hundred percent haven't haven't um but anyway, but I, I would us. love somebody to, to prove me wrong, but uh, I, I just have a special place in my heart for blues and blues women. Same. And, um, you know. And I will protect it. Yes, my, so will I. Protect it to my, my death. I yeah. will. Now, I know you've got a set of pipes on your friend, but do you play any instruments? I, well, I'm actually at the moment learning how to play guitar. I'm not Ooh. good at it. But the beautiful Bonnie <laughs> I bet you K, are. You're very um... I'm actually really not because I just, A, I don't practice enough, mm. um, and B, I get um, distracted really easily. But the beauty of that is another amazing blues singer in Sydney, Bonnie Kay, is my guitar teacher. Mm. And she is the best guitar teacher. She's so gentle. Like I, I've had other guitar teachers and I haven't been able to pick it up. But with her, she just really explains it to me in a way that I get. Yep. And, and I've been a bit haphazard and all of that sort of stuff because, you know, I'm easily distracted. Um, but when she's here, she doesn't judge me or any of that sort of stuff, but she really helps me understand. Like I, I don't struggle with doing the chords, but I do struggle with um, strumming because I get – I start singing the song and I strum to the lyrics instead of the beat and there all sorts yeah. of stuff I do wrong. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoy it and I find, I find it really exciting when I can get something. Will I be able to play guitar on stage? Unlikely. <laughs> oh, look, don't ever say never. Because I will never say never. Because <laughs> I, I thought that too and one day I just went, I'm taking my guitar today and I'm just going to do it because you can only practice so much. The real yeah. learning is in front of a crowd, right? Yeah. And half the time they don't know if you're making a mistake, but you know. Oh, yeah, I love that. But they I don't know. know. <laughs> and um, and I took it and I had the best time because everyone's looking going, oh, my God, that chick's got a guitar. It just, it just I noticed that with Taya Chani as well. Like when she, when she sings – just her singing, it's amazing. But when she sings and plays guitar at the same time, it's next level. Yeah. yeah. And, and she really connects with it all. Like I, So I love that. And I see that with Beck Jensen. I see that with a whole heap of people. And when they're singing and playing guitar, that extra connection that they have, it's yeah. really beautiful. And, and, you know, it's not uh, you can know all your singing, right? And, and I've heard this said many times before, actually, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, learn if you know the songs, learn to sing the song first. Then separately, 
learn the guitar to it. Then it'll come naturally that you can interweave the two. Yeah. It's not always naturally, let me tell you. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it's a little bit difficult. But, you know, if you record yourself and you play it back, you go, ah, oh, I know what I'm yeah. doing wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So- a body, body, I love the way that Bonnie teaches me. She teaches me to sing, to learn the songs and sing and um, she won't let me slack on that, yep. which is good. really good. She's so good. She's such a good guitar teacher. So that's my foray into um, guitar playing. And it's interesting because that's another level of, you know, for a long time I didn't think I was good enough at stuff. And we all yep. have that imposter syndrome. Yep. And yes. it'll never go away. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Well, one thing you are not, Fran, is an imposter, let me tell you. You are genuine and you are it. I you know? love you, Crystal. You're the best. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> So give your guitar teacher a call out. Uh, Bonnie Kay um, from, oh, and she's got an all-female jazz band called Bonnie Kay and the Sweet Patooties, oh, and I love them. Love that even I saw more. Them, I saw them yesterday. They were, it was interesting because we played at the Piermont Bridge Hotel with Ida and the Choir Girls on Saturday, and they played on Sunday. So both their headlining bands were all-female acts, and I'm not sure that they planned it. Oh, it just happened perfect. that way. And perfect. the fact that that's just happening. Yep. Uh, is amazing. So it, it really is. You don't see enough all-female bands, in my opinion. Oh, you really and, don't. Uh, you don't. And it was a great band. And Bonnie is, if you need a guitar teacher, hit up Bonnie Kay because she's actually a teacher teacher as well. Yeah. And so I think that she brings those skill across and she's just she's just really kind and really sweet. And, um, and, and, I, and I come across as a, a no-nonsense big tough guy, but I'm a, actually just a marshmallow on the inside. <laughs> You are gorgeous. So I just need so I just need somebody that's going to be gentle with me, and yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah. So uh, electric or acoustic? Acoustic at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, at some stage that will move on. Um, I already have a guitar fetish. I own three acoustic guitars. Like I don't have three sets of hands. <laughs> it doesn't um, matter, man. I've got seven <laughs> guitars. <laughs> One so set of hands. Doesn't matter. One for every day of the week, mate. Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> and my partner's a bass player, so he bought me a shortened bass. Oh, and I'm also cool. left-handed. So oh, are you? I did not know that. I um, so And I can't do anything right-handed. Like, I'm just not going to be ever. That's never going to happen. It feels so weird. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So all my guitars are left-handed. So that does give me the reason whenever it goes, oh, well, come and play this guitar. I can't. I'm left-handed. <laughs> Well, one Unless day, you're Shane, Parth- Shane Pacey, Pacey, who is also lefty. a lefty-lefty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I know that you will have a funny story or probably a dozen funny stories from some gigs that you've been to. Uh, Hit me up with one or two. Um, there was a time. So we're talking a lot about all-female bands. So uh, on the 8th of March is International Women's Day, right? Mm-hmm. That is also my birthday. Oh, I did have one of my nephews believing that um, International Women's Day was on that day because it was my birthday. But, um, you know, that's fine. It's only (laughs) fair. But I used to run gigs at Lazy Bones for International Women's Day and do donations to women's charities for those events because it was my birthday. I got to play with all my friends. And uh, we did a show, uh, all-female shows, because it's International Women's Day. We're showcasing women. Yep. And I had the beautiful Tash Wolf, who's this young guitarist, um, who's, she's playing a lot in America and um, releasing her own music. She's a phenomenal guitarist. She's got like 
hundreds of thousands of followers on various things, but she's also just a really wonderful person and a really lovely guitarist. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're in an all-female band, there are some men who feel like they, they need to be a part of it mm-hmm. and they need to be on it. And there was this guy at the front of the stage mm-hmm. and he just kept like falling into her stuff. And it was back when Lazy Bones, when the stage was just on one level. Yes, yeah, yeah. So people could fall like onto your things. Um, and I did the most Fran thing in the world <laughs> where I picked him up by his collar uh, and I picked him up by the um, the seat of his pants and his collar and I picked him up and I literally threw him off the stage. Oh, boy. Like I took a swing back and I just threw him. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's literally the most Fran thing in the history of the world. And my friend Shannon, another amazing singer, Sharon, shout out to Shannon Castle. She's brilliant. She goes, it's just the greatest thing is because he was just – you're like the lead singer and the bouncer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I that is it. the most um, appropriate job title for me mm-hmm. that ever existed because I think of, you know, even with my um, band, uh, my non-all-female bands, I look at that band and I'm like, yeah, I'm the fighter out of this band too. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm the one that's going to do it. Yeah. Um, like I'm the one that's going to punch on. No, nobody's <laughs> taking that shit from me. The girl from the Western Suburbs. The girl from the Western <laughs> Suburbs is the one. Well, you know, you learn how to fight early. Fight you early, do. fight often. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> fight early, fight often. Um, I bet he got the thing. shock of his life. Oh, my God. And, like, I, there was some distance. Like, I threw him some – like, there, not another man came close to that stage. <laughs> um, Good. Because it was just – I just think, oh, that was, that was funny. Um, and that does come up every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, some punter will, um, or, you know, somebody that's come to our shows is going, I remember that time. I was at that show where you literally threw that guy off stage and I went, yeah, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> he deserved it. And every time I go, he deserved it. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, an 18-year-old girl who's just killing it on guitar and doing amazing things, like she doesn't need that sort of Absolutely person. Not doing that around her and I'm not standing for that no on any I'm not sending any for that on any stage of anybody that I look after or anybody that I'm my name's big mama for a reason because I that's what I feel like I do like these are my people and I will do anything to protect them yeah I love that absolutely love it to have you in in your court in anybody's corner a bit of a blessing right there Oh, and it's a blessing for me to have them all um, and I just I feel like I get to do my purpose, which is to um, – I was saying to uh, C.C. Hall from the Sun Bears who I just – they're off touring Europe at the moment and taking mm-hmm. Australian blues to Europe, which is great. Awesome. And when we met him, I said, look, I never see myself as somebody that was going to be famous, but I see myself as a slingshot, a slingshot for artists to use me to – and I can sling them forward in their careers. If I can do that, then that is – the greatest thing that I've ever done. Um, you know, my dream was to play at the basement and not to play at stadiums. My dream, the dream, my only dream I ever had is I wanted to play on the stage at the basement and I got to do that. Excellent. Um, and that, so of now course, I just want... that's closed now. Yeah, so now it's a burger joint. <laughs> oh, wow. Still has a stage, but it's not a blues and jazz stage. It's, a, it's another thing altogether, but... I got to do that before it closed and that was phenomenal. And awesome. um, so now, like, I love... I love bringing on the younger talent. I love making sure that they're going to go forth. And and I keep saying to young people like Aiden and Ewan and Tash, I'm like, I want to be the one that goes, or I go, when you're famous, let me be your backing vocalist. Oh, um, 
because I've helped you here. Let me be your back. <laughs> but that's just a joke because I'm terrible at backing yeah. vocals. Um, I'd get somebody much better than me at backing vocals. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I want to be able to go, that person's successful and I'm so glad that I supported them in their success and didn't hinder it. Yeah. As long as I, I don't ever want to hinder the success of the young people coming through. I want them to have the positive experience that we maybe didn't have. Yeah, and I love that. Yep, that's perfect. I want to just uh, go back to that for a moment about the backing vocals because <laughs> I'm real terrible at that as well. I'm bad at it. I just – I. Don't know if it's always because I've, because you know I trained from young, doing lead vocal, right? It's because we're lead vocalist Crystal, and you yeah. can't take it away from us. No, <laughs> yes, but also my great aunt said to me when I was quite young, she said, "Do not ever do backing vocals." She said, "You're a lead vocalist," and I said, and "Why is that?" Because she was, uh, she married to Harry Lennon, so she was on the circuit for the vaudeville acts, and she said oh. because she was in the in the chorus line and when she some one of the lead singers got sick they put her up and she made sure she stayed there she said yeah you will forever be classed as a backing vocalist never a lead vocalist if you do backing and I think that there's some truth in that but I also think that there's a level of skill in backing vocals that I just don't have like my ability to harmonize isn't fantastic I can't do it (laughs) My ability, it's getting better as I practice more because that's yeah. something that I am yeah. practicing. Um, but my ability to not be the loudest thing in the room is the, my hardest thing to conquer. Right. So, um, you know, if I take, I don't have to try very hard to um, project. No. Um, and even my lightest projection is loud. I'm loud. Yeah. Um, like we were having a look at the board um, for Ida and the Choir Girls, and you can see where my mic is halfway and everybody else's mics are full. Yep. Because I, I just – I have a really Great good projection. Yep. And I find it difficult to sing in a head voice. Um, I'm a boomer. I'm a, a belter. Mm-hmm. So I just – the backing vocals, it, it's a skill into itself. Like it's an absolute skill set in its own right. I, I do um, agree with you. I just don't have it. I don't have it. No. Don't have it. Don't have it at all. And I know these amazing lead singers, these amazing singers that all have it, like Liza can do it. Yes. She's phenomenal at it. Yeah. And um, and Karen and Beck and Taya and um, and Juanita and Mahalia yeah. Barnes, these, all these amazing backing vocalists but also amazing lead vocalists. Yeah, yeah. But I just don't have that skill. Like I, I am – I'm going to say <laughs> like that maybe I'm a bit of a, a focus puller where I shouldn't be and I don't want to be that when I'm doing supporting other people so no no I know how you mean it I know yeah I know the way you mean that now I want to go back to and talking about your songwriting for a moment because I do believe that you have a song coming out I believe called Trouble so we have a live recording of of Trouble was one of Trouble was the first song that I I wrote that I went oh this is good Yep. Like I wrote a few songs before that that we still play, but Trouble's the first one I wrote and I went, oh, this is something. And we've been playing it now for a long time and I see people come up to me and go, that song Trouble, who wrote that? And I go, oh, I wrote that. And they're like, that's a great song. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, it really is. Don't be surprised. Come on. But they're surprised (laughs) that it's – 
people yeah. are surprised it's not a cover. Yeah, right. Um, so, and that makes me happy. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it means you've done a really good job. So can you tell the listeners how that come about? So I was sitting down and thinking about what it was like um, if you grew up in the western suburbs of Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, like the level of, of the, the rod of steel that you get in your backbone. Yep. Because it is a different upbringing and it is. It's not sometimes pretty and it's sometimes real rough. And um, and I was just thinking about that and how we had to sort of be when we came out of it, but also that we do it with humour and that we deal with a lot of our trauma with humour and we can sometimes be tough, mm-hmm. but we're, you know, we can be trouble, but we're, we're wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about, and I was listening to actually the sort of music that I was listening to wasn't blues or jazz. It was actually metal. I was listening to dancing oh. and they had this really open tuned, um, like spacious thing. And I'm going, oh, okay. And I, I was listening to that and I came up with the line, um, trouble is the name they gave me and I've lived up to it ever since. Wow. So that sort of um, formed into a song around and, of course, I have many years of Catholic school education. So, whilst I'm an atheist now, there's a lot of <laughs> ingrained. Yeah. There's a lot of ingrained um, Catholicism in there. So, you know the the images of heaven and hell and all that sort of stuff. So the core, the verses are very much about um, you know trouble is an I gave me up to us ever since. And but the chorus is you know I don't I'm not afraid of the devil or God there in the end because Lord knows the devil's my best friend. So it's um it's a like it's a good song. Um, it's the first time I ever wrote that I went, oh that's all right. Oh, 
Well, Fran, I think you have outdone yourself on that. What a great song. Oh, thank you, Crystal. As always, you're just wonderful. <laughs> oh, thank you. Now, the last thing I'd like to talk about is that you have a little, you have a radio spot. Would you like to tell us a little bit about sure. that? Sure. I, um, I was very lucky to be um, asked to do every third Thursday at Eastside FM for their Deep Blues um, of which I'm going to get you to come on to my show now. So this is the official invitation, Crystal, for you to come and be a guest on my radio show. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's it. Thank you. And um, I just wanted to change the concept up a little bit about radio shows is that a lot of the time when we get people on, um, we do, like you talk about your music, but what I'm doing now is that I'm getting all of my guests to prepare the playlist so I like them to prepare like 12 songs that really mean something to them that uh, we then play and talk about the music that they, that's influenced them. And, um, and also I get people to play live in the studio, of which we would like you to do that as well. But <laughs> No pressure. No pressure at all. <laughs> no um, pressure at all. But I do have a couple made of my, rules. Made my hands sweat now. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a couple yes. of rules around it is that it has to be 50% Australian and it has to be 50% gender um, equitable. Because we spend oh, you'll get a, that easy. Oh, you mm. can, and absolutely easily, and people don't struggle with that. But when you tell people, get me a set list, they tend to just go Stevie Ray Vaughan, um, Jimi Hendrix, and they just list all the men, and then they don't think about that there's so many great female performers out there. Like um, Susan Tedeschi. As, like you. Like Etta James, like Liza Ulrich, yeah. like Karen Lee Andrews. Like uh, my first radio show was on the 3rd of August, and my set list was all women. And it mm-hmm. was 80% Australian women and it was – it's an excellent list of music, an oh, excellent playlist. So yeah. there's – I wanted it to be gender diverse because, um, as you and I both know, most of the radio presenters for blues are men. And yep. um, so I wanted to make sure that we were really looking at gender diversity and it's been really successful. I've had um, – Greg Noonan was my first one and now I've invited Greg and I are going to be doing the show together because we're – He's one of my besties and I love him yeah. dearly and we just really chat really easily together. Yeah. Um, and he's a great guitarist and singer and he can help people out with singing songs. So, um, and I've had Chloe Kay and May, I've got a show this Thursday um, mm-hmm. for Liza Allback. Oh, that's awesome. So Fantastic. Um, think, I'm not sure whether this will go to air. No, it won't be Liza. But, Thursday. Yeah, but, yeah, it's not live. But, um, so Liza. Certainly was. you're on. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, Liza was. Um, so it's every third Tuesday. Every third Thursday. Thursday, I beg your pardon. Every third Thursday, 8 till 9.30. It's called Deep Blues. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, on the other weeks, um, there's just these great guys called the Blues Brothers um, and they've just uh, been the most generous, supportive environment to learn how to do this. 
And they mm-hmm. send me texts every time I do. Boaz is one of the guys and he sends me text messages um, mm-hmm. to let me know how well I'm doing. Like, it's just so supportive and lovely. Um, mm. But the concept is going really well and we're getting quite a few listeners of just listening. And I get to, I think if you just get to listen to what I like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to learn anything and neither is anyone else. You know what? That's exactly right. Yep. So I want to listen to what, I want to listen to what you like. I want you to tell me about these artists and how you find them and um, how it's influenced your music. I'm so interested in that, in what people tell me about those sort of situations. I love yeah, the playlists of other people. Yeah, right. Just like I listen, love listening to how all the artists I've interviewed so far, how they got their start, what their interest is like. Oh, this is an amazing know. podcast, Crystal. This is bloody oh, thank brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's... Um, I love doing it and I love speaking to people. I'm really good at that. So, <laughs> you know, it's not a hard stretch at all. Not at all. <laughs> all right, then, well, we look for – and what uh, radio station is that, oh, that again is for the listeners? Eastside 89.7 FM. And it's on every third Thursday. Every third, well, it's on night. every Thursday, but I'm on every third Thursday. Fran is on every third Thursday from? Uh, from 8 till 9.30. 8 till 9.30, so you all need to tune in and listen to Fran. And, of course, because I'll be on there at one stage. Oh, you will. You're already booked. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that directly. <laughs> awesome. Well, Fran, I would like to thank you so very, very much for coming on and sharing your time with us and with me and for sharing your live recording. And just, you know, talking with us in general, I think you're an absolutely fantastic woman, very, very strong woman. And like I said, the voice of an angel who's got the keys to the liquor cabinet. You know, my old boss, I um, worked for 20 years at the police and that came from my old boss. He came up with that byline for me and I've used it ever since. I love it. It's just perfect. <laughs> it's just, I went, I'm, that is exactly me. Crystal, thank you so much for having uh, having me on your show. Um, totally my pleasure. You are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Fran. Thank you. And with that, we'll say good night. Good night, Fran. Good night, Crystal. Night. And that was Fran Little. What an absolutely gorgeous lady Fran is and definitely somebody you need to go and see. You have been listening to Conversations with Crystal. I'm your hostess Crystal and please join me again next week when I have another exciting guest for you. Until then, please stay safe, stay happy, stay cool, stay awesome and please stay tuned to this channel. Good night.